Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, just tell him, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Go ahead and surrender. Now, God, be pleased to move in this place by your sweet spirit. Take complete control. Let your anointing have right away. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the redeemed said, Amen. 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 While you remain standing, I just want to read two verses from what you've already heard this morning. That was in uh, Exodus chapter 3, just two verses. Just two verses, verse 11 and 12. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and ha that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign that, to you that I have sent you. When you have bought the people out of, the, of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. The word of the Lord. You may take your seats. This morning, I want to talk from this theme, when you feel like you're not enough. When you feel like you're not enough. There's nothing like that feeling. Like you don't have enough, that you're inadequate, that you're incapable of doing something. Something is being thrust upon you to be done. Something's being asked of you. And you feel as though you're in well over your head. You don't know what you're going to do next. You don't know how you're going to handle it. There's nothing like being put in a position where you feel like you're overwhelmed and you're drowning and everybody around you has an expectancy that you're going to do something spectacular, but you know that you're owing over your head. You feel like you're not enough. And all of us experience that in life. Many of us go through many deep peaks and valleys where sometimes we feel our self-confidence uplifted and we feel ourselves feeling bold and we're ready to take the world by the storm and then things happen in our lives and all of a sudden what was once a self-confident person, what once was a person that strutted like a peacock on Sunday morning, what once was a person that looked up in the mirror and looked at yourself and said, oh, I'm so fine, I'm so handsome, now has become a person who sheepishly walks by the mirror hoping that they don't catch a glimpse of the frail piece of themselves that they used to be. Somehow life has a way of putting us into its vortex and squishing us so much so that we feel like we're going down a drain and we don't know how to get out. We feel like sometime life has cooked, taken us in a whirlwind and swished us from the ground and lifted us off and we don't know what's going to happen next. There are times in our lives when we just feel like no matter what folks say, we just are not enough. I never will forget a few Sundays ago, back during Sunday best was going on, one young lady who stood up to sing, they talked to her after she sang, and she said, 
She just has to try to get over the feeling that I'm not enough. If you heard her sing, you could not ever imagine somebody with that voice, with that gift, with that talent would say they worried about being not enough but it's not just them. You look at baseball players who make it to the major leagues and they still think about not being quite enough. You look at basketball stars who play in the NBA and have year-long careers and they still feel like just not quite enough. Football players who play big-time college football, the Big Ten and all the major schools who still feel like not enough. You see those who seem to be stars in Hollywood and even put their names in the walk of fame who still feel the same way. And it's no wonder that you and I sometimes experience this not enoughness. Yeah, life sometimes makes you feel like you're just not enough. And this text today is one that boldly proclaims that in a way that most of you probably don't read on the surface because when you read this text today, this is the text of the theophany experience of Moses. And Moses is called on the backside of the desert. As he's there on the backside of the desert, Moses sees a burning bush and he sees it there, but the bush will not be consumed. He sees the flame, he sees the bush, he sees the flame, he sees the bush. He's waiting for the bush to go out, but the bush will not be consumed. So he turns aside and goes to check it out. When he arrives there on the mountainside, the bush is still burning, but it won't burn out. And upon his arrival, the very voice of God speaks to him. And the voice of God says, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Take off your shoes. You're in a special place. He takes his shoes off. He's standing on holy ground and God begins to deal with him. Now you got to wait a minute here. This is awesome. This is great. This is spectacular. This is stupendous. God speaks to Moses. Moses hears God's voice. God even shows up in flame. And here he is listening to God, talking to God, with God. There's something else going on in him because he knows who he's been. And if nobody knows his backstory, he knows his backstory. And the backstories of our lives are what really become the foundation of our present. And some of us are living in the foundation of the things that happened long ago. Stuff that has been forgiven and should have been forgotten. Stuff that should have been forsaken. But we're living in it as though it were in our immediate present. Some of us are living in it. And I thought... Maybe let me just see if I can get something out of this. When I look at this text, God says to Moses, I've been watching and I've seen the affliction of my people. I've, I've been watching and, and I'm through with it. I've made an executive decision. Mo, you my man. You going down to Egypt? 
get my people up out of there. I thought that was the most interesting thing I could have heard. Because after hearing God talk, after seeing God's flame, the first thing that comes out of Moses' mouth, and let me read that first 11 from you in the Good News Bible. The Good News Translation puts it like this. But Moses said to God, I am nobody. First thing I want to tell you, see, when, you, when you're feeling like you're not enough and, 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 and it's there, I want you to get this and recognize this. Number one, remember this, that reservations are commonplace. When, when God is tugging on you, feeling, ugh, I don't see it. I can't do it. You're not the only one that's ever felt like that. Let, let me help you right here. What you experience when you start getting sheepish and scared and not wanting to do and feeling like you can't make it next, you're not the only one. Oh, see, somebody should have just stood up and shouted right there because you know I'm walking right down your street right now because you thought you were the only one that always got nervous when you had something to do. You thought you were the only one who was shaking in your boots when you were standing up here and hoping nobody could see you. You thought you were the only one that when you prayed, you were worried about how your prayer was going to sound. You thought you were the only one who was scared to go to school on the first day. You thought you were the only one that was worried about your finances. You thought you were the only one that was going to go through what you were going to through. Ooh, but let me help you. It's commonplace. Help me here. Help the person next to just say, neighbor, you're more normal than you think. First J on the job jitters, the worry blues. Moses says, I'm nobody. Um, was it the Williams brothers that said, I'm just a no trying to tell about who can say I think y'all know that. About somebody who can save anybody. Ooh. It's, it's, it's commonplace. In other words, there are plethora of reasons why we can feel insecure. Sometimes it's rejections. Sometimes it's failures in our past. And sometimes we just have low self-esteem moments. Sometimes it's self-doubt. Sometimes it's the sense of perfectionism. I've got to do this perfectly. 
Sometimes it's past criticism that people have put on us. Sometimes it's inner conflicts and that inner voice that's speaking to us, that's pushing us down and suppressing us. Sometimes we need to realize that what we're experiencing is normal. You know, how long are you going to let your fifth grade teacher keep you from going to school? How long are you going to let that other bucktooth boy keep you from thinking you're pretty? How long are you going to look for the approval from somebody else to tell you that you look good in the size and shape and color and texture of hair the way you are? How long will you allow the outside to speak to your destiny? At some point, you got to realize everybody goes through it. It's commonplace, but I can't allow my destiny to be attached to anything that brought me indignity. Oh, I know I'm preaching now. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how bad it's been. See, you think you've had it bad. Now Moses got a story. I know you think you've been through some stuff. Mo got a story. I know you don't believe me. Here's a child born. His mama realizes she can't keep him and comes up with the rocket science idea of putting him in a basket in a river with alligators. And just believe that the alligators or crocodiles or mean fish or whatever out there is not gonna get her baby. She just gonna just watch that do that do that. Here's a man that hits the alligator get out the river lottery and ends up in the house of the head person of everything. Living sweet, well educated. Then all of a sudden he gets this inner conflict voice and loses his mind and kills somebody. Am I preaching yet? Runs out of Egypt, ends up in a foreign land on the backside of the desert, and now God says, I'm sending you to Egypt to get my people out. What do you think he's supposed to say? Yeah, you missed it. It went over your head. I'm gonna bless you right here. I know with some of the stuff you've been through and some of the ways God had to protect your life and all of the shuffling around that you've been through and the trials you've been through and the tears you've been through and the mistakes you've made and the heartache you've had, you think you're not worthy. 
but I want to tell you right now, God knows you and he's chosen you. You did not choose me. I chose you, said the Lord. says to God and he's honest I'm nobody how can I go to the king and bring the Israelites out of Egypt good question I mean you're talking about going to Pharaoh and telling him to let us people go I think it's pretty legitimate question to ask what, what, what it be like and how we gonna do this if you read the text again New King James Version. He says, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get back in here. Verse 12 says, Verse 12 said, And he said, And in my Bible there's a quotation here, Because in the he is actually capitalized, Which under the surface lets you know That this was God speaking. And he said, I will certainly be with you. Okay, y'all missed it. Went over your head. I, I said reservations are commonplace. But God gives us a reassurance of companionship. Ooh, I'm going to preach today. I feel something. I feel it in my bones now. God says... I will, New King James Version, certainly be with you. I know you just missed your shout. Would you look at somebody right now and say, neighbor, you are not alone. You're not alone. It's one thing when you got to go through something and you're by yourself. But it's a whole nother thing when you got somebody by your side. God says, Moses, this is a job that will require you and me. And Moses, I can handle this. I just want you along for the ride. went over your head the next blessing in your life the next miracle in your life is going to require more than you in order for God to do it but God said don't you worry about this I got this okay I feel I feel something right now I feel uh, you can see I, I got my little stir walk right now I'm like, it's my little I'm feeling it here I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it Listen, Genesis 28 verse 15 says, Behold, I am with you. I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back. Wait a minute. I will not leave you until I have done what I said and spoken to you. I just, I just pulled that little passage out just to tell you that when God makes a promise, 
God keeps a promise. Yeah, yeah. When Joshua took over for Moses in, in Joshua 1 and 5, here's what the word of the Lord said. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You don't even know how to shout. God said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. Look at somebody now say, neighbor. You don't have to be Moses for God to be with you. God promised. When Jeremiah, just a little lad, gets his call to ministry, Jeremiah 1 and 8, he, God speaks to him and says, do not be afraid of their faces. Uh, there's some ugly faces in this world. He said, don't be afraid of their mean mugging. Don't be afraid of what they look like. For God says, for I am with you to deliver you. See, see you, you, what you don't realize is God made a promise. Right, here's a passage you don't hear often in Haggai 1 verse 13. He says, the, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you, says the Lord. Okay. Come here, Jesus. Matthew 28 verse 20. He says, when you go out, teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, y'all. I got good news for you. You don't have to do this by yourself. God is on your side. God is teaming up with you and you already win because God is on your side and if God be for you who can be against you and if God be for you who cares who's against you if God be for you who cares who don't like you you don't have to like me for God to bless me God's got his hand on my life God is keeping me God is blessing me Can I bless somebody here? I, I'm only going to take a couple more minutes. I really, I'm going to be done in a second. I want to bless somebody here. He says, I am a nobody. New King James Version puts it this way. Who am I? Who am I? Now, now, listen closely for what's not in the text. God never answers his question. You, you didn't see that? He said, who am I? The next thing you would think is somebody going to pump you up. You, you, think, you think somebody going to pump you up. They're going to say, hey, hey, Bertie Bert, you the best minister. You can cook. You are smart. You are important.
Miller, you think, hey, you're going to be fine. We're going to work out great. You got a great heart. God's going to use you. Going to be some great preaching to do. God's going to move in your life. He's going to anoint you. All which would be true, but God doesn't say it. See, you waiting for somebody to pump you up. To blow your head up. I'm going to bless you right here. What God does instead is say, I'll be there. In other words, whatever you don't have, I got it. Whatever you lack, I can fill it. Whatever you need, I can supply it. Whatever you desire, I can give it. What God said is, don't worry. It's not about you. It's about me. Look at somebody now. Say, neighbor, God wants to use you to do what God needs to get done. Can he use you? If he can use you, throw your hands up and say, use me, Lord. Last point, I'm going to my seat. Last point, Ooh. It's getting gooder and gooder. Here, here, here. If you don't get this one, it's okay. It's okay because you, you may need to. Um, you shout like this. You pick one foot up and you. I'm giving shouting lessons because I'm trying to bless somebody before I say what I'm. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me just. Because this is important right here. Because what God says next blew my mind. God says, in the Good News Version, he says, when you bring the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this mountain. That will be the proof that I've sent you. Wait a minute. Okay, let's go back. Let's read it in New King James. Maybe it makes sense there because it didn't make sense. I just asked, who am I? And here's God's response. I will certainly be with you. I, and this shall be the sign that I've sent you. When you have bought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this. Wait a minute. I, see, here's, here's another. You got to get this. The last thing you need to know is that since you already won, you need to act like a victor before the battle is over. So it's a realization of conquest. In other words, I'm not gonna wait till the battle is over. I'm going to shout now because I know in the end I'm going to win. 
Notice what he said. He says, when you come back here, not if you come back here, but when you come back here, you will worship me. You will praise me in this mountain when you come back here. In other words, God said, you've already won. You don't know how you're going to do it. You don't know what's going to happen, but you are victorious. God's going to fix it. You're already a winner. Look at somebody. Tell somebody you're a winner. God has already fixed it. The fix is in. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. Shout now. Look here. Let me tell you something. It's not faith if you can see it. You missed it. It's not faith if you can see it. But now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I realize what I can't see right now. I still have the victory. God made a promise and God keeps God's way. Come on, give God a praise. doors of church open. The doors of church open. You can come today by letter. Christian experience.